the Kairos anymore But that's been a football club here since 1864 Trying to do the town or city proud Laying under the massive floodlights of the racecourse ground Right, so we're back. We missed a week, so we're back for our episode. I've lost what track of episode numbers we are. This will be episode 16 or 17, I think, uh, of our ramble. Uh, and we've got a fair bit to discuss now, I guess. So we've got two games against Blythe, which we'll, I guess we'll try and blend them into one. So that we're, because I can't remember the first one now, to be honest. Uh, <laughs> and we'll, um, uh, and we'll, uh, we've got some news to go over. Uh, we've got some promotion in there that I've promised somebody I will promote something. Um, and we've uh, we've got the game against Boreham Wood to uh, uh, to look at. So Richie's not with us this week. Richie is watching Tottenham. He didn't even say Man United, did he? He said he's watching Tottenham. So I'm assuming he's a Tottenham fan. You'd assume so. He kept that one quiet, didn't he? He did, he um... did, yeah. So, I mean, that's uh... a podcast suspension for Richie. <laughs> <laughs> So Richie's been substituted out this week, uh, and the uh, the effervescent Michael Starkey is with us. I really appreciate you. It's the middle of the day for you, so I really appreciate you taking the time yeah. out of your day, mate. It, it is a pleasure, as always, Matthew, my friend, to join you uh, and Mr. Alex as well. Uh, yes, and Mr. Carter, who wasn't on audio descriptive duties this week, I believe, when I looked at the little tweet that was sent out. No, I was substituted as well. I, I was just not suspended, <laughs> substituted. Sorry, not been suspended. <laughs> um, I'm back on commentary for the Altrincham game, which is what a week on Saturday. Okay, okay, right. So, shall we start with? Uh, we'll, we'll start with start with Blythe. Um, we'll go over that. Um, so we've all. Did you see both games, Alex? Yeah, they both magically appeared on my television, which is very, very fortunate. Yeah, I mean, a lot of people were looking for, was it Crystal Palace Forest or somebody they were looking for, but yet Wrexham appeared on the telly. It was really weird how that happened, wasn't it? Yeah, I've, the footballing gods have been smiling on us. So, yeah, very fortunate to watch to watch both matches on the yeah. TV. Yeah, so I went last night, um, but obviously uh, watched uh, via... The, I again was looking for looking for a, a game on Saturday and it just appeared. Whereas Mr. Starkey <laughs> could obviously watch it legitimately on ESPN two on Saturday and ESPN plus last night. Yeah. Is that right? Yeah, it was ESPN two both days actually. Oh, it was. Uh, was it, 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 right? it, it, it was. It magically appeared on my televisions as well. Legally for you, though, legitimately for you. That's uh, the, I uh... can I cannot I cannot uh, confirm nor deny this oh, for anyone. Oh, oh, right. so for not... anyone on this on this podcast. <laughs> okay, good. We we won't get anybody into trouble allegedly. Um, so I guess. Um, Summarise your thoughts. Who wants to go first? I mean, I've got a page full of notes here. I'm ready to go. Um, Tim from Fearless in Devotion called me the Craig Revel Hallward of Wrexham podcasters. <laughs> so, uh, I think that's because I tell the truth and I know what I'm talking about. You might not. I don't know if you know who Craig Revel Hallward is, Michael, but he does um, our version of Dancing in Dancing with the Stars. And he's the, he's the very straight one that yeah. if, if you're crap, he'll tell you you're crap. And he very rarely tells you you're any good. Uh, so yeah. so he's, the, sure. he's the Simon Cowell. I know I Simon guess, Cowell yes. very well. There you go. See, I am Simon Cowell. 
reincarnated as a fo- as a football podcaster. So I didn't wants- say that. I was just throwing it out there. <laughs> no, I'm, that's fine. <laughs> so, so who wants to go first? Give us your thoughts. Go ahead, Mr. Carter. Go on then, Alex. Thank you. Is this for both games? Yeah, is it? just yeah. I mean, you know, I, last, when I sat down thinking about it before, I was like, you, you could have made no, I'm you could have made notes for both games, but a lot of it overlapped, didn't it? A lot of it was the same yeah. thing. A lot of the problems were the same. So go on, give us your thoughts, and mm. I, I'll then share a tweet that you sent me about Mark Howard. <laughs> no, don't do that. <laughs> um, so I think if you're Simon Cowell, I'll probably be Louis Walsh then. I'm <laughs> God. Well, you said that. <laughs> Go take for that it. Back, actually. I'll yeah. be um, Go for it. Right, we'll go with Saturday's game first. It wasn't great, was it? It wasn't great at all. And it's it's in one of our typical away performances. We've gone there and we've been passive. We've not really put our game on Blythe. Obviously, we're the better team on paper as well. So I was expecting, not an easy win, but I was certainly expecting us to go there and come back comfortably into the into the first round and it was fair enough the conditions were bad and Blythe obviously raised their game you're playing in front of Blythe supporters probably their biggest game for I suspect quite a while and bitterly disappointed to be fair credit to Blythe of course they put up a decent show um they were solid in the first leg restricted us to to a few chances and I thought we were quite lucky to go ahead. Tom O'Connor's obviously free kick in itself took a massive deflection, uh, looped in the top corner, but I didn't really think we deserved that lead. And I actually put a bet on before kickoff because Blythe were 22 to 1 to beat us, which I thought was absolutely ridiculous. <laughs> so I had to stick a fiver on that. And in the end, it wasn't far off um, actually happening. And the goal Blythe scored, question marks over the goalkeeper. I don't like to say it again, unfortunately. Should he be being a bit more dominant? Um, so actually for a fair result was the draw in the first game. Um, second match. Don't want to use a clean Hold that thought. Let's, let's keep it. Let's keep it. Let's try and keep it in sync. Uh, Michael, tell us your thoughts about that first game, if you've got anything to add. Yeah, um, I agree with everything um, that Alex said. It's 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 a matter of, you know, now Bromley, who does the commentary for for Blythe, uh, was on a space that I did last week, and he's been on a couple of of Rexham based podcasts at this point now. And uh, you know, he, he said it very well. He said Nile, uh, he said Blythe is going to fight, is going to, um, you know, be at every second ball. They're going to attack the ball and things like that. And Niall and I had a conversation last week and I, I told him very plainly, I said, Blythe has nothing to lose in, in, in that first match. That absolutely nothing to lose. Um, and some people say that's, you know, kind of defeatist. They're, they're coming to win and things like that. And that was kind of a part of the crux of what I was saying. It's a matter of if, if, if Wrexham won the first match, then it's expected because of our quality and because of, you know, us being a league above them and those types of things. But again, the magic of the FA Cup, which I am uh, discovering very quickly, um, <laughs> as I've been told numerous times, um, kind of kind of butted into our plans on Saturday, obviously. And, um, you know, they earned a draw. And I feel like they, they truly earned it. Uh, they were 
as a lot of Wrexham fans have said at this point, and as was said on the commentary team on Saturday for ESPN, uh, Blythe was the better team in that first match uh, for a majority of that match, and I completely agree with it. So let's touch on a couple of things then before we kick on to the, to the replay. Team selection. Did anybody have a problem with the team selection? Um, it's easy to say now. Not in, yeah, I was going to say, not in hindsight. I mean, at the time that you saw yeah. that on Twitter, Facebook, wherever you saw it, did you, did you go, what's he doing? Or did you go, that's about what I expected? Yeah, I was, I had no issues whatsoever with the team selection in the first match. Um, I thought we, we would have had enough quality to beat Spartans with that team. Obviously, dropping Mullen and Palmer to the bench is a, is a big call. They've got, what, 20 goals between them or something like that so far this season. So you're losing a lot of firepower. But Elliot Lee and Sam Dolby are more than good enough to, to cause Spartans a lot of problems. Yeah. Um, what was the other change? I think Tom O'Connor slotted in at centre-back in replace of, I can't remember, Lewis. Hayden. He replaced yeah. Max Kluwers. Was it? Yeah. It was Hayden Tozer and uh, and O'Connor, wasn't it? Oh yeah. So we replaced Clay with yeah. Again, Tom O'Connor is an experienced player. I don't really rate him at centre back, but backed him to do a job um, in that match. So absolutely no issues whatsoever with the team selection, and we were what two three minutes of of getting out there with a win, but it wasn't to be. Uh, Michael, very quickly, did you have any 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 surprise with it, or what? what no, no. Compl- I, I said uh, I said last week throughout the week that I expected Dolby to start uh, for either Palmer or Mullen. I, I didn't expect Lee to start at striker. He's obviously come in a couple of times this year at striker and replaced Mullen or Palmer. Um, I, I was as as Mr. Carter just alluded to. I was a little surprised uh, with O'Connor, who's typically a midfielder, um, replacing Kluwerth, who I rate as as one of our better defenders, uh, especially on ball. Um, but we, we saw how that turned out last night for young Max. So, uh, no, just the O'Connor on, on defense was, was about the only surprise, truly. Yeah, so I thought O'Connor would play. Uh, I thought he'd play in midfield and he'd rest one of Young and uh, Jones because obviously they're the really the legs of our team. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought Tony Cliff would start, even though he'd played in the reserves. I don't think he'd played a whole 90 minutes. So I was expecting Tony Cliff to start, really, and obviously he didn't. Um, so, But I fully expected it to be rotate, rotated. I, like you say, I think we should have had enough to beat them because we still had a good, you know, a good National League, League 2... Uh, National League side, I would say it wasn't probably wasn't league. There was enough of the big players weren't there, but it was top end of the National League side that we had out, and I thought it was good enough to win. So I didn't have any problem particularly with the team selection. I know a lot of people did in hindsight and said, "Well, we should have just played the, the first eleven. What we doing messing around?" But you know, we've got you've got to let these players play. We need to see what Dolby can do. You know what. Elliot Lee, if you know Elliot Lee, yeah, he's come on as a couple of times as a striker, but he looked more lively when he dropped back a bit further late on in that first game. Get involved more. He needs to be on the ball, doesn't he? He can't be there waiting for the ball. He plays. He needs to play facing forward, doesn't he, Elliot Lee? Yeah, it's very clear. Um, so he can come on for five or ten minutes if you need to rest a Mullin or a Palmer when you're three 0 up. 
But, you know, I don't think you'd really want to be starting him as a striker if you could help it. Um, but, yeah, other than that, I would say it was what I expected. So I had no problem at all with the team selection. I do want to pick up on something you've said about Mark Howard. Because I had that conversation, interestingly, with somebody's parent tonight of football with my kids, with me, uh, me, my son's uh, junior football. I said exactly the same. It's quite old school, Alex, but goalkeepers dominate in their box. It doesn't happen anymore. They all stand on the goal line, don't they? We conceded a goal to Barnet. It was the second goal. And Mark Howard was rooted to the spot. And they got that little near post flick. And you just think, you know, he can see this. He's got to be a bit. He's got to be a bit more dominant. You know, he can use his hands. They can't. He does lack that dominance, I think, and it's surprising for an experienced goalkeeper. Um, and I think it's 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 not what we're used to. It's not what we were hoping to have. And it keeps it keeps. You know, we had that problem in his first game. Was it against Eastleigh? Was it, did he come for the punch or something? You know, we so. I think what we've got with Mark Howard is a goalkeeper that's better than Christian Dibble, not the not as good as Rob Layton, and I think that's where a lot of the frustration comes from from people because I think they thought he was probably going to be as good as Layton, and you know, unfortunately, his performances haven't put him at that level. Yeah, I think you've I think you've hit the nail on the head. <clears throat> um, he's an experienced keeper. He's what thirty four. I might be wrong, but somewhere around that. He's played quite high up in the pyramids. I think he's played in an FA Cup semi-final for for Sheffield United. So I was in the same boat as you and most other supporters in thinking that we've got a keeper here who's probably on a par with Leighton, if not slightly better. But yeah, the goalkeeping position is an issue for me now because like you say, we've been so used to having Rob Leighton who not only is a great shot stopper, but he also controls his area. Um, he's very loud. Um, he will come for crosses if it's there. And Mark Howard, I don't trust him when crosses come into the box. We saw the other end of the coin at the end of the game on Tuesday, in the last moments of the game, where instead of staying rooted to the spot, he actually came out, tried to punch the ball, completely missed it. and I don't know how they didn't score. To be all, yeah, Blythe, not it wasn't an open goal, but if he gets that on target, the chances are it's probably going to go in. Um, and it's not just crosses, I have to say. I've been studying because I'm that sad. The goals we've been conceding <laughs> in the last few weeks and low shots are an issue as well. Um, I agree. doesn't I get down one... well quick. No, Oldham Fondop um, was one on it. First goal, I think. Yeah, yeah. yeah. First goal on Tuesday night against Blythe was a low one. Um, I'd look at them and I think, does Rob Blainton save them? And I think one or two of them he does. One or two of them he does. I think he does. Um, So, yeah, I hate to say it because I don't like criticizing our own players, but the goalkeeping position is an issue for me now because. Granted, the defence has been shaky as well, but I think we've got a goalkeeper who's perhaps low on confidence and, and not in the best of form. And it might transmit to the defenders that a little bit, which, yeah. probably, which might not be helping. Just briefly, Michael, go on, give us your little... Have you got... I mean, have, have you had any of those thoughts about Howard or is he good to go for you and not an issue? No, specifically the crosses in the box. Every every cross that came in from the box, he's... Um, <laughs> These last three games specifically, um, you know, when one comes in that's well struck by 
you know, by a winger from an opposing side, it, it makes me come out of my seat, especially now that I get to watch them on TV. And I'm sure you guys uh, are exposed to the same feeling, uh, whether at the race course or uh, the, the magic of television appearing on the television screen. Um, it, it's just a matter to me of, um, I don't know if he's low in confidence. I don't know if it's, you know, uh, to where he, um, maybe doesn't trust the, the defense in front of him as much as he has previously. You know, you, you talk about Sheffield and, and, and these teams, the, you know, uh, higher up the pyramid that he's been in and, um, that, that could be a, a facet of it. Um, you just never know, you know, we can, we can, give our opinions as we do as fans. Um, but I, I completely agree with what Alex said about low shots. Um, he has, I've heard this several times in the last week and a half or so specifically um, that he does seem to struggle with, you know, near post, low ball, um, just, just getting to it um, quickly. And, you know, he's 35, I'm 35. So I can completely understand that. Uh, it's just, you know, getting to that point where I don't move as well as I used to. And uh, he's a high level athlete. He's paid to do it. And um, he's about 50-50 on it right now, it would seem like to me. Yeah, his defenders aren't helping him in some cases, I guess. Sure. Tozer and Clowers particularly have had a bit of criticism, haven't they? Uh, For for maybe for different aspects of the game, but they've, you know, they you you would hope a Tozer who's experienced Alex would be helping him out there. You know, I looked at that first that goal for uh, in the first game of Blythe. It was Toza's head that it went over. I still haven't had a good angle to know whether Toza could have got to it or not. Um, but, I, you know, it, on first watch, it, you know, one of them two should have definitely dealt with it. Yeah, and Toza's what? Well, he's 31, 32. Again, a player with lots of experience in the higher divisions. Um, I don't know. I don't want to be too critical of Toza. I don't think he's as much to blame for our goals as other players are. Um, I think we saw it when he went off yesterday at half-time. He was... I think we missed him. I think we missed that leader at the back. I think we missed that calming presence. Composure, yeah. Exactly the word I'm looking for, composure. Um, So I certainly think we're a better side with Toza. Um, I think he's undroppable. I, I really and part think of that, that is for the throw-ins. It's the combination. It. It's the combination of the the attacking threat, and the fact that yeah. he is that composed, experienced centre half who will guide as well. You know, he'll talk to Max and whoever exactly. Aaron to his side. You know, um, yeah, I I, I, probably, I understand that. I under, yeah. I, I don't. <laughs> I know people don't necessarily agree with it, and he got a lot of stick in the last week. Um, but I understand what you're saying. Yeah, I think we need him in the side, like you say, for those two reasons. And I know there was a weird situation of the captaincy with Luke Young and who actually is the captain, but he is either the captain or the vice-captain as well. So he's a he's an important player in the team. And granted, he makes mistakes, but he's a National League player and National League players do make mistakes. Um, but I think what he brings to the team far outweighs... Um, is mis- not mistake or minor mistake, so his lack of form, yeah, um, which we've seen in the past few weeks. I think the thing is that we're always some context that, um, that, that footballs will tell you that there's normally three mistakes lead to a goal on average, three mistakes lead to a goal, so there is normally somebody else involved somewhere, isn't there? But we see that one 
that really yeah. riles us and that's the one we go after isn't it whether it's the, if you think back to the, the fondop goal at oldham aaron hayden can actually deal with it he doesn't there's the initial mistake by tozer which obviously he should have dealt with it he doesn't and then you can argue howard should have dealt with it and he didn't um so always bear that in mind and that's why you have to watch the replays and stuff to see you know could we stop the cross or whatever it is there's normally more than one but obviously as fans we prefix onto one for whatever a reason whatever our agendas are exactly and who's to say the biggest mistake was aaron hayden's in that game against oldham yeah yeah it's just a matter of order isn't it just if you don't howard... particularly like aaron hayden you're gonna go well hayden should have stopped him you know you, you just pick on that player don't they exactly. exactly not that anybody would not like aaron hayden i'm sure <laughs> um Okay, so yeah, I mean, it was a it was a nothing game, really. I, I made some notes here. Let's see, just uh, give your thoughts on some of these. So, I thought Blythe controlled the football. Both games, they controlled the football better than us. I thought we were a bit panicky and rushed and didn't manage their press very well. Um, I've put here that um, I think I agree that we. I think we've got keeping mistakes in both games that that worry you. Um, Howard, the, the gentleman who sits next to me in, in the tech end said that Howard doesn't instill any confidence in him. So that goes into what you're saying, Alex, really. Now, that's the way people are feeling, aren't they? That, uh, you know, they, they, they just haven't, they've lost that, that, that sort of confidence in our number one. Um, the gaps between the centre-backs and the wing-backs, we get exposed so easily. And it's been down, our, sadly, it's been down our left-hand yeah. side. Um, it's been down and it's been sort of, Combination of players, so uh, we've had McAlinden and McFadzine have been exposed this week by Blythe, and then we've had Cleworth and O'Connor. Now you could give you could you could you know O'Connor's probably not asked to play left centre back, but you know he's been exposed a bit because it's not his position to be fair to him. Um, but that that left side seems to be the one that we seem to be getting targeted at the moment. You know, and if I was a manager. That's what I would be targeting. I'd be staying away from Hayden and Ford. I would be looking at McFadzine and whoever it, whoever it's been, who, you know, whoever it's going to be. And it, traditionally, they've always gone after Cleworth, but he's he's been at the peak of his game and been able to deal with it. Whereas at the moment, he's lost a bit of form or confidence, and he's struggling a bit. Yeah. So I've got three concerns with this team. One is the keeper situation we've spoken about. Two, um, which we may get onto later, is a, a lack of a midfield general. And three is that left side issue. I think we massively miss Jacob Mendy in that yeah. position. Yeah. I think he's been a huge, huge improvement um, to the squads and both as a defender and going forward as well, because it puts the opposition on the back foot. Yeah. Clayworth as well, last few matches, he's looked shaky. Um and I, I'm, I'm tempted to say maybe it's time to give Max Clay with a rest because he's, what, 19, 20 years old and he's played, what, the last 30 Wrexham games? He's probably played about 27, 28 of them and very well he's played as well. But you have to remember he's, he's still learning the game. He's still only 20 years old. He's had a meteoric rise from youth team player to, to first team player and that's massively to his credit and... He's going to be a top, top player in the future. But I think it's time for Parky just to manage him. And there's absolutely no shame whatsoever in Max Clay of being 
on the bench or not in the squad for the next few matches just to give him a bit of a break. You protected because him. You protect him by taking him out. Him, yeah, because... Don't let him make mistakes and be exposed. Let him regather himself and then he will learn from that and he'll kick on. And the challenge then is, right, Max, get back in the side. And it's probably going to be Tony Cliff, I would guess. But we don't, you know, whatever. I don't think we're, I don't think Lennon's quite fit yet. But that's your job then. You, you know, you've got to go and put pressure on Tony Cliff, haven't you? You know, uh, and you've got to go and get him out of the side. And he will develop because of that. Exactly, yeah. And like I say, he's 20 years old, so he's still learning the game. And I think it'll do him good just to get out of the side for a few matches, give Tony Cliff or O'Connor or Lennon the shirt, take the pressure off Max. And I think after a few matches, if Max does get back into the team, especially if Mendy's back next to him, he's going to be back to the player we saw at the start of this season um, and the end of last season as well. Let me finish my notes because my notes were a bit for both and then we'll quickly touch on the second game. So I don't think we create enough in open play. Uh, at the moment, um, I just think we're uh, we've been better at that, uh, and we've become a little bit reliant sometimes on those set pieces and long throws. Uh, I agree with what you said about the midfield. We haven't got that midfield type of player that I think everybody we all think we need. Everybody you speak to says, "Yeah, we need a defensive midfielder," you know, um, and you hear it. You know, the lads on the Fearless podcast mention it regularly. Uh, you know, um, I know Andy Gilpin says, "You know, we need a specialist." central defensive midfielder that can do that job and we haven't got that we're trying to do it a different way by having players in position um you know in front of the in front of the ball from the opposition's point of view so that they have to work hard to get around us and past us and through us but it's just this just it seems to be so easy for people to cut through our midfield um so i agree with you we've said that all along to be fair everybody says it it's weird that like it's one of those things you wonder whether Parkinson does see it or not. Um, and like now, Blythe had scored eight goals in 11 games and in two games against us, they've scored three. And you just like, you know, that, that we can't just go, well, it was a cup game. You know, it doesn't matter. It does matter. You've got to think about it, learn from it. And we've got to, you know, we've, we've got to put that right because we'll probably have one day's training before we go to Boreham Wood on Saturday, that could be a rude awakening for us. We'd already had one rude, no, two rude, well, no, Chesterfield was a rude awakening for us. Notts County, not so much, because that game could have gone the other way, I guess. But, you know, Boreham, if Boreham would beat us on Saturday, then, you know, that's another away loss in a, to a decent side, and the questions, question marks get bigger, is what I would say. Um, so... Uh, that's those were the, the things that I made about both games. Michael, tell me your thoughts about last night. I, I did want to touch back on what Alex was saying. It's funny that you know the more I kind of dig into uh, dig into the team and, and the more I'm able to watch matches uh, on television and things like that, and and even listen to you guys talk about Wrexham and educate me. I I I, I kind of see that I'm learning a bit more and, and and starting to understand some things at a higher level a little bit. One of the first things I said when, when I talked to uh, Tim Edwards on the Fearless and Devotion space after the match on Saturday, I said, we are massively missing Jacob Mendy, massively. And you don't know what kind of relationship, you know, the players have even on the pitch. You can see guys that work well together. Obviously, Mullen and Palmer work well together. Um, you know, and Lee, when he's at midfield, seems to work very well with players up front in the box. 
but you just feel like Mindy and Kluwerth had a had a good working relationship because when beginning of the season, you know, they attacked Kluwerth repetitively over and over, almost every side did. And, and Matthew, you and I have, have talked about this at length because of his age. You know, the opposing manager looks at the sheet, says he's 20 years old. Let's go after him. And um, they did time after time, and they, they couldn't get a ball past him. And, um, you know, a lot of that has to do with who's playing in front of him at wing. And Mindy was doing a superb job. And now it just goes to show, you know, how much we are missing Mindy. And then on the other point that Alex made, completely agree with. And the second thing I said on that space is that for a year and a half now as a fan, I've listened to podcasts and watched, um, you know, the, the Facebook groups, the, the fan groups and, and read on Red Passion and these things that we are severely missing, um, pardon my language, but in midfield. <laughs> We, we just are. Um, we need that, you know, guy that does the grunt work and will tackle and will get in someone's face. And the opposing manager looks at the roster sheet and says, we need to stay away from him because he may hurt someone. And, and it doesn't seem like we've got that right now at midfield, at least. And, and, and you know, you hear the fans uh, calling every day, as you guys just alluded to, um, that we, we, we seem not to have that guy. And um the the uh, the other thing I was going to say, you mentioned open play, Matthew, and I think that was a great point. Blythe, specifically in the second half in the match last night, they were putting the ball on the floor, on the pitch, and had a tidy bit of football going on, especially in the second half when they made their comeback. Their passes were crisp. They were finding each other, working triangles and things like that. They'd get it out to the winger. Everybody sets up, approaches the box, winger would cross. And it was just very, very fundamentally sound football. And they did a great job at that. And it does seem like we are missing some of that in open play. You look at the runs that we had, uh, again, in the match last night. And um, it was very much, um, it was very much, you know, I don't like saying hoof ball because initially that was, that was parky ball. People said, well, we're just hooping it down the field and, and down the pitch and hoping that Mullen or Palmer can make a run on it and get it, you know, get it in the box. And it, it seems like at the beginning of the year specifically, we got away from that. You know, it was, it was a good bit of football. We were playing the ball on the floor more, things like that, especially with Elliott at midfield and, and Jordan being at midfield now gives us some of that as well. Um, you know, Jordan Davis who's leading the teams in assists currently. And, um, you know, it, I completely agree with your point again, Matthew. We do seem to be, you know, missing some of that open play, you know, put the ball on the floor, put the ball on the pitch, approach the box, again, get it out to the wingers, cross it in, and, and then let Aaron Hayden and, and Tozer and, and Mullen and Palmer do what they do. Yeah. Um, anything else on last night then? What do we, what do we, what are our, was it, you know, was it just more of the same? What, what was it just complacency? What do we think, what do we think happened last night? Um, I think it was complacency. First half, I thought 35, 40 minutes, we were excellent. Um, Palmer's goal, fantastic technique. Mullins' goal, great placement into the bottom corner, whether the keeper could have saved it, who knows. And then Davis as well, with a nice finish, which uh, left the keeper with no chance. And the worry for me is just the second half. How has the team gone from a an eight or nine out of ten performance down to a a two or three out of ten performance, where Bly probably should have equalised um, mm-hmm. before the end of the match? Is that the manager? Is that the players? 
do we give credit to Blythe? I mean, yeah, they have to. Have, yeah, they've got to have some credit, haven't they? Yeah. You know, they've they've turned up both games and give a very good account of themselves. Yeah, and look, maybe we're being too negative. We're in the hat for the next round. Mm-hmm. Um, we've won. We've got Oldham at home, which is a winnable one, and a half into the second round. Maybe we just write it off as a bit of FA Cup bedlam and <laughs> Blythe <laughs> playing in the match. Oh, probably one of the biggest matches they've played in recent times. Take the win and move on. Um, but the signs are, are, the, are the signs that we've had in recent games, is. aren't they? Yeah, uh, and and against uh, Boreham Wood, you're not going to get away with it, perhaps. Mm-hmm. Whereas against Blythe, we just about got away with it because I say they had a chance at the end, which it flashed before my eyes, to be honest. But it looked like. I haven't seen the uh, the highlights yet. I mean, they they should be out by now, I believe. But um, it did feel yeah. like that was it, it. Like it was almost on a plate for him to just hit the target, and you'll probably score. And he skews it wide. Yeah. yeah well, that player's got a great um, right foot on him. I think he's shown it a few times in yeah. both ties. And thankfully for for us and for, for Mark Howard in particular, he saved his worst shot over the two legs um, for that. And yeah, he should be hitting the target at the very least. And but you know, what? I don't want to dwell on it too much. It's a win. Let's move on into the second round, mm-hmm. learn our lessons, and um, don't get complacent once you've gone three 0 up. Okay. Yeah, yeah. The... go on, go on, Michael. Finish us off. On yeah, just on a on a massively positive note, that first goal from Palmer was yes. uh was magic the back heel clip the, the the pass by mullen was amazing and then uh the back heel clip um into the goal i mean that was uh that was something special i i, I have not seen uh anything like that again in, in my uh youthful exposure to international football um but that 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 goal from palmer was uh was something special right there yeah i was um exchanging a few messages today with uh somebody who does some uh um sports management uh and with it, it was over palmer and um i just said you know for somebody of his size he's incredible isn't he you know what he does yeah his, yes. you know he's, dri- he's dribbling the way he carries a football is yes. constant press um and then he can equally you know he can be the hold-up man he can score the headers from the set pieces but then he can do something like that and it just and he did say the lad is class he's different class um, mm-hmm. So you know, and he was the guy that changed our season, really, wasn't he? When he came in, things clicked. He was the missing piece, as they alluded to in the documentary, really. Um, so yeah, yeah. I mean, when we signed him, I was just expecting a brute to head goals. And Jake Hyde, because Jake Hyde was a bull, wasn't he? An absolute yeah. animal. Yeah. The battering ram. Yeah, yeah, but some of the touches and the flicks and the dribbling and the waking oh, up. Yeah. He's. He's a bit of a freak, really, isn't he, Ollie Palmer? Yeah, from, the phys- yeah, from a phys- physical point of view, yeah. Yeah. And, um, yeah, him and Mullen, we're not going to see a better strike partnership than that in the National League. Yeah. Probably even two for, uh, for a fair few years, I'd imagine. No, we're, we're lucky to have them. Yeah. Um, okay, so we'll, um, we'll have a break, and when we come back... We'll do a quick news review and we'll look ahead to, uh, to a tough game at Boreham Wood on Saturday.
Should we do the news? Yeah, absolutely. Let's do some news. I had really good news lined up last week as well because it was quite busy and then mm-hmm. I didn't feel well and other stuff happened. So um, I've got uh, uh, well, four or five bits here and some promotion to do. So uh, we'll we'll save the promotions. We'll do that specially. Um, so uh, news come out today, yesterday, today, that the new floodlight planning has been approved and we're going to have even bigger floodlights. I mean, if, as if you could have even bigger floodlights, we are going to have bigger floodlights. Massive er, massive er floodlights. Flood that's what they said. Yeah. Um, so they're eight meters taller than the uh, the last ones. We knew we, we'd heard about this before, to be fair, hadn't we? But uh, now mm. the planning's done. They can obviously start the process of putting them in. They said they're going to be in by the end of the season. Um, and the the biggest the driver for this really is is obviously the the uh, for us to have international games. They have to have a, I think, if reading the article, a consistent 1,500 looks, um, whereas the National League, you only need to deliver a minimum of 350 looks. So we're going to have brighter, bigger floodlights, which as a photographer uh, and as a photographer of sport, I can tell you that all the photographers will be like rubbing their hands in glee. Because uh, obviously the, it's it's a nightmare the race course the light falls off so much at the other end um, of where you are with the camera so the videos and photography should be even better there'll be less shadows and it would be amazing and I know we all really are excited about that I can tell by the looks on your faces <laughs> you know what I actually am because oh, right. well, our current floodlights are obviously massive and world famous but they're also not very bright so yeah. <laughs> the night matches. Especially the floodlights towards the tech end. Some of the pictures is very dark. Yeah, um, yeah. Near in and around that goal area. So, yeah, much needed improvement in the looks, if that makes sense. They also look very nice. Yeah, they are very, very, very modern looking. Modern and slick, aren't they? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I know lots of people are excited already saying, oh, I hope I can buy a bulb or I can buy part of the light or just, just deliver one of the floodlights to my garden and I will give you money. Um, <laughs> but I'm sure that they will have a very famous home somewhere. Um, mm-hmm. I'm not sure. Uh, I'm not sure. I don't know. Do you think Rob and Ryan will have one each in the garden? Um, well, they auctioned off the barriers on the cop, didn't cop, they? Yeah, Maybe they yeah. can uh, sell it to the highest bidders. Yeah, well, and... we'll, we'll, we'll see. But uh, hopefully they don't get just, I don't know, do we want them to be dismantled or do we want them in one piece in a museum somewhere? I don't know. I think you have the to put them in town. By them. Put them in town, yeah. Well, we can have them as Christmas lights. Uh, yeah. the Christmas bit, lights are pathetic. Somewhere. Absolutely. <laughs> Change yeah. the bulbs, red and green. It would That's, be great. I, I, think, I think you've got it. The, I'm sure the council will, sp- will, will have plenty of money for, uh, for some floodlights. So, uh, right. yeah, we've, we've, sorted the pro- we've sorted the problem for them. Brilliant. Okay, so that was the first one. Um, uh, I guess the the confirmation came um, that we that season two of the documentary is coming. Uh, I think everybody sort of knew that because we knew they were still recording, etc. Um, and we don't know where it's going to be, it's or what's going on. 
Um, you know, what time is it going to be on? What channel is it going to be on? Is it going to be Disney Plus again for us? What's going to be happening? But at least we now have it confirmed officially that season two is coming. And given how good season one was, providing this season goes as we hope, that will be a great watch. Yeah, it'll be a great watch. Um, it'll be a great watch for all our new fans, obviously, to get the second season as well of us. I just hope that there is that fairy tale ending at the end of the series where we win the league by 10 points we win the fa cup win the fa trophy um that's obviously going a bit far i just hope there's a happy ending because watching the end of series one last week obviously the match against grimsby that brought back a lot of bad memories and it was kind of sad in the end listening to supporters after the game um, and then obviously Ollie Palmer's comments assuring us that we are going to win the league. Yes. <laughs> I like his optimism. I really yes. like it. I just hope it doesn't come back to haunt him. But no. no, second series is great, obviously from a revenue point of view and for an entertainment point of view as well. Thoroughly, thoroughly enjoyed more or less every single episode of series one. And obviously there's going to be more narratives, more stories, more behind-the-scenes footage in Series 2 from this season as well. Um, so, yeah, really, really good news. Michael, that means they'll be uh, we'll be expecting you to promote us even more in your cigar club and wherever else you dare dream uh, abso- of. <laughs> Absolutely. I'm, I'm very excited. Um, again, you, you and I have talked about this a couple of times, Matt, but the the documentary is just very well done. You know, the fact that it doesn't just center around Robin Ryan and, and our co-chairman. It centers around the football club and the amazing stories and, and the, uh, you don't want to call them characters because they're not, they're very real to life. They're very, they're very true. They're very genuine. Um, you look at Sean and Annette and, and all these people um, who have kind of been introduced uh, through the, through the, uh, through the documentary. And it's just incredibly well done. Uh, it's well edited. It's well, you know, the music and, and, and the contrast between the the uh, the history of the club and the current the current state of the club it's just truly well done and again the exposure that another season is going to create for our club is is very exciting yeah and i think that the key especially i mean hopefully by then fingers crossed we'll have some streaming and some more exposure um for fans abroad but it, at least it fills in the gaps if we like this season it's helped out when we haven't been able to stream it's given like michael yeah. and some of the others something to hang on to i know we do do produce some content um i think that content to be fair can be improved massively uh, but they seem to have t- quite a tight grip on what they're letting out at the moment like you know they won't yeah. even let us interview uh, female players and stuff but hopefully, you know, they'll they, they will get a bit more trusting with that and get more out there so that people can get a can get their fill, if you like. Yeah. Good. I'm glad we I'm glad we agree. I, I do. Absolutely. <laughs> you you, you summed it up perfectly. <laughs> oh, obviously, you did. There's a, there's it's a just well stated. There's it's a first well time for everything. Um, <laughs> We'll give the women a quick mention then. So um, for those that don't know, they had a cup game in the Gennaro uh, Adran Trophy um, uh, at the weekend, and they managed a 2-1 win with a 92nd or 93rd minute penalty. Um, so obviously uh, they're ticking along quite nicely. They did really well last season. Um, again, I've spoken to a couple of the ladies and asked them to come on, but um, the club don't seem to want to let them. 
uh, speak to anybody at all, even though it's, it's the ladies and we're trying to grow that side of football. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's a real shame. Um, but um, yeah, I think uh, Amber Lightfoot scored the first goal and Lily Jones kept scored the penalty late on. So nice little win for them. Great that they're, uh, you know, I think it's, I used to do a lot with a local football team's women's team. I used to do a lot of photography for them. And they wouldn't let them play on the first team's artificial pitch. They had to play on the rubbishy grass pitches. They didn't have up-to-date kits. They were getting hand-me-down kits. So it's great that, like, you know, they are getting the latest kit. You know, they've got their own sponsor. Mm-hmm. Um, we, we seem to be doing our best to try and find them a good facility. Um, it's difficult, obviously, um, for, for our club because we don't have our own facility, so we're relying on other people's. Um, so it's just it's good that they are making an effort and that they have got, you know, decent equipment and good coaches yeah and going back to the documentary i may be wrong but i don't think they got any exposure in the no i'm surprised at that yeah you're right so maybe in the second series we'll see a bit more of the the women's team as well which would be great for them yeah that's a brilliant point uh you are right um so uh saturday obviously we go to boreham wood and um they're saying 80% of the away tickets have been sold, so you need to get your tickets quickly. Uh, I am now one of them people. I was waiting to see if my son was playing football. They've now not got a game, so I'm going to be frantically panicking trying to buy a ticket after for me and him. <laughs> and we will make the four-hour drive down to uh, Boreham Wood on Saturday morning. So um, hopefully by the time people get this, uh, they have already bought their ticket. But, you know, we're taking over a 1,000 people away. It's just, just bonkers, isn't it? Yeah, fair play to uh, to everyone who's going down to Boring Wood. Not the nicest of grounds, not the easiest of places to get to, but you can't question our support, can you? 1,000 plus for a four-hour trip, an eight-hour round journey. Um, let's just hope we can come back with a, a positive result and the buses don't break down like, like Blythe's did. Oh, yeah. Yeah, well, yeah. I mean, I, I've really felt for them. And apparently Humphrey did try and do something, but timing-wise, it would have just been, I think it would have been nigh on impossible to get them there until yeah. second half. So it's almost pointless, I guess, to to, to an extent, isn't it? Uh, to be fair. Um Okay, so a couple of a couple of nice little things now. So uh, I don't know if Alex, if you remember this, I let on the other week that I'd been speaking to uh, Premier Radio in Wrexham. Do you remember? Do you remember? Yeah, you had messages. a little little meeting. I went little to a little meeting. meeting. Yeah. So I've been back today. I've been um, we've been liaising. I've been talking to Paul, who runs that. Um, so I've been and picked up my uh, I don't know what you call it a pass. So we can go into Premier Radio Wrexham. So we're going to have access to their studios in the next week or two. So we can record from there if we want, um, which is great. Because although you're oh. not, uh, you're not obviously uh, close by Alex, but like Richie is, and obviously if we wanted to do anything with other people, we'll have much better facilities in theory. Um, so that's great. Um, Paul, the guy who's run it, has asked me to supply him with this week's podcast. So he's going to be playing that on the radio at whatever times he asked me when should i play it i'm like i'm not going to dictate to you 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 know i'm we're just really grateful that you'll play the podcast um so you're only telling us now (laughs) you didn't tell us (laughs) (laughs) i had had so many more great opinions to make if i would have known that i was going to be on the radio countrywide no that's fantastic well listen mike i'm already going to have to 
beep out your swear word from 10 minutes of, of t- 10 minutes before the end of the first lot so you behave yourself um yeah, I so, <laughs> <laughs> so premier radio wrexham is a it's a so there's a it, there's two community stations in wrexham Callon fm which is the one that mark griffiths and the dragon heart sort of boys uh, have got a close association with uh, and then I got in touch with Premier Radio Wrexham and said, listen, have you got any interest in doing anything? You know, I've got some ideas, but I don't know what you want, but do you just want to chew the fat? So I did let on to Alex and Richie that I'd been to see them a couple of weeks ago. I think I can't remember when it was. Uh, and we've been doing all the background paperwork and checks and stuff. Um, so in theory, this week's podcast, I'll be able to throw on a USB stick for them. Uh, drop it through the letterbox, and they will be playing that. So at peak, they get around uh, the best sort of numbers. They get about 12,000 people listening from all around the world because everybody listens to radio from everywhere now. It's digital, don't they, um, from all the countries. Um, and they, they have nothing sport-wise at the moment, and they were really looking for something you know, especially given the the sort of what's gone on at the club. They were really looking for somebody, um, and the timing was right. So we'll be able to play the podcast, do some phone-ins, whatever we whatever we want, uh, as we want to grow it. So that's quite that's quite good news, I thought, Mister Carter. You'll be even more famous and be demanding even more money now. <laughs> I will, yeah. Um, Honestly, <laughs> that's, that's really good news. Um, I don't think any other of the podcasts have ever had that much exposure in terms of radio um so well dragon well, art does dragon art does and obviously this week we found out that they are officially the oldest. world's oldest football yeah. podcast i think is that if if i get me wording right which is great for mark because obviously he does that voluntarily and has done for years so that's mm-hmm. uh, that's a great thing to hang his hat on um and he should be in the guinness world book of records for that i'd be knocking on <laughs> i'd be knocking on their door i would uh, ask him for a that's certificate right. or whatever they get nowadays speak speaking of knocking on doors we're not just going to come over this matthew i will expect my royalty check <laughs> in yeah, the you, post you immediately have... <laughs> following the airing of this podcast for my time <laughs> you can have yours when i get mine <laughs> i want my 20 my 20 cents <laughs> uh brilliant so um Yes, so that so that's good. That'll give us a few more few more downloads and stuff. I've I said this from the very first episode. I didn't really do it for the I was going to say views. It's not views for us. It's listens. Is it? I didn't do it for the numbers really. It was yeah. therapy for me. Just wanted some you know wanted some good people to chat Wrexham with a couple mm-hmm. of times a week or whatever. Uh, and obviously we do that now, don't we? Might you know with spaces as well and mm-hmm. Twitter and, and through this type of thing. So um, really, it was for for my own sanity um that i did it so um so yeah that, that was that was a good piece of news right so shall we get on to the big news the big news that was the big news oh it's not i, I, I was uh, bigger than that it's bigger there's bigger there's bigger oh wow um, well let's do it so uh one of our players is launching a clothing brand does anybody know who it is Ooh. Can I have a guess? Go, please I do. T- yeah, I can take a guess. I'll let, I'll let, I'll let Mr. Carter go first. I'm trying to think who in our squad is a bit of a fashionista. Who oh. strikes me as, as someone who's into their <laughs> clothing and their Not many, to be honest. <laughs> well, we know it's not Aaron Hayden because everybody says he turns up in Miss Colours yeah. and stuff <laughs> all the time. Yes. 
Uh, I'm ruling out Howard because he's got a podcast, so that's his side hustle. <laughs> yeah, it's, um, yes, they are. That's what they are, side hustles now. Side one, hustle. one, of, one of our players has got a side hustle. Go on, put us out of our, put us <clears> out of our misery, who is it? So if you're active on social media, you'd know this already. Uh, so Mr. Ollie Palmer uh, has, um, today, they've kind of let slip a little bit with a bit of a tease on Instagram. Um, there's a nice little video that's about five seconds long, I think it is, um, just very, uh, just just teasing um, that something called WXM clothing. So at the moment, I don't know whether it is supposed to be Wrexham clothing or it is going to be WXM clothing. I can see Alex looking now. Uh, is that what you... <laughs> I've just got Instagram to see a picture of myself on your, on your Instagram feed. Oh, have you? Um, right, so when I, when, I, when I saw this video today, I did fire a message and just say, uh, it's got a new, like, is there a, it's a new clothing brand or, you know, what, what's going on? So to be fair, Ollie did reply um, uh, uh, and just, uh, just, just gave us a few little hints at what's coming. So I've got no idea when it officially launches and all the product range and stuff like that. Uh, I believe the club will do, obviously, one of those sort of sit down and sort of promotional videos with him, um, which will be really good. Um, but he's part. He's basically he's partnering with the club, so this will be sold online and in the club shop. This stuff, right? So, um, and also, uh, which is really important. This is a really important element. He said is that he's also put shares of the business into Wrexham AFC Community Trust charity, right? So wow. that's that's really generous of him because obviously this yeah. stuff is going to be like hotcakes because you can't buy our own you can't buy our shirt but you could be able to buy one of these uh, one of these hoodies t-shirts god knows whatever else they do so these are the things that we need to do um, their hash their social media handle is at wxm clothing so i did tweet this before um and i expect you guys to go and find the tweet go and follow at wxm clothing they haven't tweeted anything yet but they've, they've just put one instagram post up um just go out there tweet them follow them uh, and just let's promote it because obviously there is a link to the club there and the community trust let's promote that as much as we can uh, and obviously imminently obviously we'll hear more about that um and we'll we'll get to see more i think that's great given the fact that you know if it's sold in the club shop I did ask if if that means we'll be shipping worldwide, but I didn't get a reply. Um, hopefully, it will be. So obviously, that's some merch that people are going to be able to buy that mm. is associated with the club very closely. And you know, we're starving for it, really, aren't we? Yeah. Yeah, and I think this is something the Wrexham community, the Wrexham supporters, are really going to get behind. Um, a because we want to support our player. And yeah, and everybody that. loves Ollie, so that's great. And everyone Let's, loves Ollie. You, know what I mean? Ollie, um, you look a bit like him, actually, Alex. Now I've. <laughs> oh, so insulting! So insulting! <laughs> if you had a decent haircut, you would look like him. Oh, oh come on! <laughs> this is bullying on the on the race course rambles. <laughs> oh, cool. No, I back, carry on. Yeah, going back to my point before you. Uh, <laughs> Made a compliment and then had a dig. I'll, I'll take both of them on the chest. Um, no, I think it'll go really well. And like you say, the point about some of the merch not being available will probably play into Ollie's hands a little bit in that if people do want some, it's probably, it can be classed as official Rex of merchandise, I guess. 
Can't sort of. Yeah, I don't know whether they'll class it as a range of Wrexham merchandise or what. We so don't brand, know. yeah. Um, no, I've just had a look at the video now and then the previews of the, I think it was the hoodies or the t-shirts I saw, they look quite smart. Yeah. Um, and you know what? Really happy for Ollie as well because he's done yeah. so much for the fans, A, from his goals and B, through his engagement and always taking time out to to speak to us and to take photos, etc. So I hope it goes really well for him and I'm sure it will do as well. Yeah. Mr. Starkey, Fant- you bought some merch. I'm sure you would uh, if the I'm sure you'd have a dabble if it's delivered internationally, wouldn't you? I would. I got the home kit and the way kit this year and uh got that before the uh before the season started, fortunately for myself. But I, I was gonna say I, I uh, Ollie Palmer would have been uh high on my on my guest list for, for someone to open up a uh open up a clothing brand. I was, however, looking forward to the Phil Parkinson clothing line. And I am now disheartened to hear that that has not come to fruition. Uh, but but well on him. Great for Ollie to uh, to to give some of their shares of that of that line to uh, to the community. That's fantastic to hear. So that's all our news, unless you've got anything else to add. Have I missed anything? Whilst I don't think I have. You wouldn't I, miss anything. No. You wouldn't miss anything. I don't think. Um, so shall we move on and we'll frighteningly look at Boreham Wood. <laughs> second, second against third, um, away from home, mm. off the back of a shaky performance, a shaky half of a performance, I guess we would say. Um, are we filled with dread or are we excited about an away game? I mean, I now think I'm going to go. Obviously, Michael isn't going to go um, unless something's happened that I don't know. Um, Mr. Carter, I don't think has seen in a way ground in a while. Have you? Was it Oldham? Did you go? No, you didn't go to Oldham, did you? I, I went to Oldham. Oh, you yeah, did go Oldham. Oldham. It was Oldham. Oldham, Oldham. and Chesterfield this season. All them months ago. Uh... I'm full time now. I don't have time to go to all the matches. But... Just, just, yeah, just let's t- just before we go on to Bournemouth, let's touch on this acting thing. Are you going to do? Are you going to offer these cameo videos that you can, you know, you, I can pay you a tenner to say, "Oh, hello, David. Uh, well, Happy Christmas from Alex. From, you welcome to Rex. Christmas is close by, so if any of our <laughs> listeners are struggling to find a gift for a Wrexham supporter or a Racecourse Ramble fan, star of Welcome to Wrexham can give a cameo video. The star of the Racecourse Ramble, <laughs> now that to you. Send me a DM, use the code CARTER7 to get 10% off, and I'll say whatever you want me to say. Well done. <laughs> Do anything you want him to do. Oh, yeah, I'll do that. <laughs> oh, that's got great potential. Uh, right, so back to Boreham Wood. Uh, what What do we think then, Michael? How are we? How are we? Uh, how are we feeling? Yeah, this is the uh, this is this is the first match this year where uh, I, I I am a bit iffy. Um, <laughs> so I, you're going to predict a loss like me? That's what. Oh, that's what no. <laughs> I wouldn't, not that iffy. Um, it's just the, the, the home form versus the away form. And the, um, the, the distance of the travel, um, the fact that we are coming days off of a replay with Blythe, obviously in in the FA cup. Um, 
and everything we've talked about thus far in the podcast. It's it's you know goalkeeping defense, um, playing with the uh, playing with the ball a bit off the pitch these last uh, these last two matches. Um, it's it's it is concerning. There are there are valid concerns to be raised right now, but um, again, with the quality of the, of the depth and the side that we have right now, um, I don't think there's any reason that we can't go to Bournemouth and take care of business. Um, but it will just very much, vastly depend on which side of Wrexham shows up on, on Saturday afternoon, Saturday night. Go on then, Alex. What do you think? <sighs> How are you feeling? Don't give me any predictions and stuff yet. Just tell me what's your what's your initial thoughts when you think about it. Is it dread or? Well, yeah, Michael said he was a bit iffy. I'm very iffy. Um, yeah, I'm only going by our previous away performances in big matches. And apart from Chesterfield away last season, which we won, we just seem to freeze and, and not play well and... We don't put our game on the opposition. We're quite passive. Yeah, I'm quite pessimistic about this match, to be honest, especially given our current defensive form um, and Boreham Woods' overall form. They've had a decent rise to third in the table. So, plus, we've obviously had an extra 90 minutes in our legs on Tuesday. Boreham Wood are obviously well-rested. They're at home. It's a long trip. Our away form's never good. Yeah, I'm... I'm not feeling good about this one, to be honest. I'd love to be proved wrong. I'd love to be proved wrong, but I think we've got a, a really, really tough game on our hands on Saturday. Okay, so before we do predictions and we look at the uh, predictions table, uh, what are we thinking team-wise? Uh, there'll be some change. He's, he's, uh, Phil Parkinson hinted in today, uh, yesterday's uh interview on YouTube that they did, it's probably on the club site as well, um, that there'll be some, you know, a look at what changes need to be made. So what, what's your best guess at the team that's going to sort of start? Uh, go on, either of you. Go ahead, Alex. Oh, put me under pressure. You know what, usually <laughs> we're, we're pretty certain, aren't we, bar one or two players, Yeah. what the team's going to be. But I think for the first time this season, there's... There's a lot of decisions to make. Um, so, yeah, it's a tricky one. Um, obviously, we're going Mullen and Palmer up top. Um, Howard in goal, you would imagine. For the rest, is you don't know. The three centre-backs, I'd imagine Hayden and Tozer are a shoe-in. Whether he brings or keeps Clowith in, whether he brings Tunnicliffe in, um, or plays O'Connor there. Um, Ford's probably going to be the right wing back, left wing back. I'd imagine McFadden comes back after the rest on Tuesday. Midfield again, tricky one. I'd imagine Jones and Young will probably start. And then you've got a choice between Elliot Lee and Jordan Davis. Um, despite his numbers, his assists tally, uh, Jordan Davis is probably a player who's not had the greatest of matches in the past few weeks as well. So is there scope for Elliot Lee to start? I would say there probably is. Um, but it's tough. If you wanted me to give you a, a lineup, I'd go Howard in goal, Ford right wing back, a central defensive trio of Bentoza, Aaron Hayden, Jordan Tunnicliffe, McFadden left wing back, 
Jones, Young and Lee in midfield and then Palmer and Mullen up top. Michael, what do you think is going to be the starting lineup? I agree with uh, everything uh, midfield. I think it's I think it's that time of the season where now uh, Lee starts permanently, and and there's a rotation of the other three midfielders around Elliot Lee. I think he's fit. I think the the glute injury uh, is is it seems behind him at this point. Um, whatever that was, you know, the little niggle he had here and there. I think that's behind him. Um, so I would I would start Elliot Lee. And in just about every match going forward, I think it's that time, especially in a game like this uh, against the the third place team in the in the table. Um, so I would go Lee, uh, Young, and Jones in midfield, and then uh, I still uh, I feel very strongly that that Max Kluert is not out yet. I feel like Max is going to start again on Saturday. And uh, he will, uh, you know, keep getting his opportunity. And then, uh, you know, Tunnicliffe, I, I feel, showed well um, last night and will very likely come off the bench at, at some point in, in the match this Saturday against Broadwood. Okay, so I'm going to disagree with you both now. Controversially. I know. Let's get the correct answer then. <laughs> this is not the good, this is the anything but the correct answer. <laughs> but I'm going to tell you what I... I can't make my mind up whether this should be what would I do or what do we think Parkinson's going to do. Yeah. Who knows? But this is what I would think. This is what I think the combination of what I think Parky should do. And he's probably thinking like me. So uh, I think Howard starts in goal. Tozer, if he's fit, because obviously that shoulder, we I've not heard anything of it. So, you know, if he's right. fit. Um, him and Hayden, I think Tony Cliff stays in. Um I think McFadden will come in because he's rested him mm-hmm. yesterday. I th- he really likes Hosanna, but I think Ford Ford will start because he rested him on the Saturday before. So I just think for I think Ford was so good he'll keep him in the side. Um, in midfield, I think we're in for a shock. Yeah. I know the faces. I think he's. I think. He's going to go away from home to not lose, which he likes to do. And it will be O'Connor, Young and Jones. I don't think wow. we'll see Davis or Lee start the game. I think there'll be impact players later on. Um, and I think, obviously, Mullin and Palmer providing their fit will obviously, uh, you know, I don't think that's a, it's even a question, is it, given the uh, the fall off, yeah. to be fair, to Sam Dolby's uh, 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 form. Compared to those two, you know, those two are on fire. Um, so that's what I think he'll set up not to lose. And he'll hope that the impact players, a Lee or a Davis or both of them maybe, um, uh, will be uh, will be the game changers late on. Um, so I know you've picked yourselves up off the floor. I've just dropped a hand grenade for you there. That's right. <laughs> but but he, and I'll tell you for why. He really likes Tom O'Connor. He really he brings him. He brought him back into the side really early this season. He started him. Um, and Hosanna's the same actually. He really he likes to get Hosanna in, doesn't he? We've talked about that before. Mm-hmm. Um, but I just I just think that if, but the, what this game needs is if we don't want to lose it. Um, so it needs that that experience and uh, that we need to be a bit more rigid 
than we have been. Uh, and that's why I don't think he will play Lee or Davis. He'll be a bit more solid to start the game. Throw it back at me, boys. Go on. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's not a bad shout, to be fair. Um, don't get me wrong, I would take a draw. I would bite your hand off at a draw at the moment if you offered it to me. And yeah, that midfield, it's it's compact, it's solid. Not the most uh, creative in midfield, but like yeah, you yeah, say, get that. but like you say, we're going for the draw. In your opinion, we're not going for the win. So. Well, we're going not to lose. That's they're different. That's slightly different. Uh, yeah, that is true. That is true. I'll give you that. Um, you know, it's not. A, it's a very decent shout, actually. But I'm being brutally honest. From what I've seen of Tom O'Connor, he's again. I don't want to be critical of our own players, but he's. Flattered to deceive a little bit in the um, when he has played mm -hmm. in central midfield. Um, yeah, but he scores deflected free kicks for fun. Maybe that's why you're putting him in. Yeah, <laughs> get a free kick. He's going to hit the wall and he'll bobble into the top corner. Two and two, him. mate. Two and two. <laughs> so it's unbelievable. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Practicing them now. I'm told. You know. Him for the lottery numbers this week. As well. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So let's wrap this up then with some score predictions. Um, for Boreham Wood, I have I've got the spreadsheet open. Uh, Richie's gone for a uh, two-one win to Wrexham. Uh, go on, uh, go on, Michael. Give us your score prediction. Eight nil. Put that on your radio. Don't you can't. <laughs> Don't be. No. Um, no, I've got it now. I'm going to edit out anything. That you say. <laughs> um, I, I, I feel very inclined to go two one myself. Um, I feel like it's going to be dramatically close, as we tend to do. Um, the the term I've been used multiple times in my fanhood with Wrexham is roller coaster, mm -hmm. and by God, it is that um, to an extreme. <laughs> Uh, but I'm going to go 2-1. Uh, again, I, I say this all the time. Clean sheets are hard to come by regardless of who you have defensively and regardless of who you have in goal. Um, and uh, I don't feel like they can stop our firepower up front, especially if Lee is in that starting side, as I correctly predicted. So um, I'm going to go 2-1. Okay. Alex? 1-0 to Boreham Woods. So you're going nil one. Wow. Whoa. I mean, I was, I it, this I am worried about this game. I think we're going to learn a lot this week um, about mm -hmm. where we are um, uh, as a squad and f form wise. Um, I think we'll score, but the last couple of games have made me really worried defensively, and mm -hmm. I can't believe I'm going to say it. I think we might lose by a goal, two one. Mm -hmm. Positivity is. Like... I'm just picking myself up. <laughs> I'm just picking myself up. Listen, I'm the I'm the I'm the only one that predicts a win. That's I will listen us. back to this on Saturday night. <laughs> yeah, I'm happy to receive a message. <laughs> yeah, I might be driving. I might be driving back from Boreham crying. Yes. on the on the spaces that. Uh, yes. Uh, whoever's doing them this week, Rob Ryan Red, I think he's probably their turn this week. Um, yeah. Uh, uh, are doing so uh, yeah let's hope we're wrong eh? yeah can, can i piggyback on that matt if you don't mind and and uh, ask you a question if that does come to fruition and yeah. I, I would throw this throw this to both of you guys really 
if that does come to fruition uh, on Saturday and we happen to, to, to drop this match, is it a deal to where you guys look at the three matches at that point that we would have lost this year to the three teams that are supposed to be and apparently our promotion rivals and you yeah. say, well, we've gone away at all three of those and dropped outcomes. Is that overly, how concerned should I be on Saturday night? Um, I, how, how do we rate it on a scale of naught to 10? I guess. Is it, is it, is it that sort of thing? Sure. I yeah. mean, it would be great, would it, Alex? You you would be thinking that there's something not quite right, and we need to start looking internally at what we need to, how we address it in those big games, um, because obviously you know it's, it you know it would be another one, wouldn't it, against a a, a top side away from home? Yeah, I'd say eight or nine out of ten on the worryometer concern scale. Yeah. Concern. I like worryometer better. Yeah, worryometer. Yeah, yeah, trademark. Trademark. I've trademark. got it. Trademark. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, it's it is concerning because we're losing to the teams who are going to be chasing that top spot along with us. And at the end of the season, if we do miss out on the league to Boreham to Notts County, or to Chesterfield, we'll we'll look back on these losses and say, yeah, that's probably where the league the was lost. Come. And also, yeah. you might be playing one of them again, and it might be away from home. Um, so mm, you do want to yeah. kind of make, have a marker to say we can beat you, or you know. Um, so there's that element as well, I would say. Yeah, yeah exactly. exactly. But let's hope it doesn't happen, and let's hope we're all hunky dory, and you know, uh, you know. I'm sure the if boys. We do, if I have to say, if we do lose, we do have a nice set of fixtures afterwards to bounce Absolutely. back in. Yeah, 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 yeah. And the thing to do is not to panic. It's just to work your way through it one game at a time, is it? And that will start against Halifax. Exactly. Worst case scenario will be four points behind Notts County, but yeah. I'd back us to, to crawl. Make that up. Them. Yeah, exactly. absolutely. Absolutely. Well, listen, thank you very much, boys. Um, and I should just give Neil a mention from 1987 till present. Just uh, I know we're we're running out of time, um, but he continues to allow us to use his brilliant song that his brother yes. wrote someday um, as our theme. And uh, I did check with him to say, can I use it when we're uh, when we go radio? Um, and he got permission. He gave me the thumbs up. So uh, I've got to say thank you to him for that. Right, so actually, well, about a week, nearly just over a week, under a week, actually. So next Tuesday, we're back under the lights, aren't we, with Halifax. So uh, luckily, young Mr. Luke Walsh has joined us. How are you, Luke? Um, yeah, very good. Um, yeah, still sitting 20th in the league. As well <laughs> sitting second, I believe. So, yeah, as, as good as it can be. Um, we're still waiting on that Hollywood um, takeover, which will hopefully happen in the next century or so. Hey, listen, it it might be Blythe first, the way they played against us yesterday. You never know. So you might be down the queue, unfortunately. Yeah. But um, So, um, yeah, so Halifax come to the race course. You're coming up, I believe. Are you still coming up, Luke? No, I'm not, actually. Oh, I you're not now? because you... No, I was meant to. Um, me and my... Father, we're gonna go because I go with my dad and my great uncle to yep. the games, and he's working down south now, so mm. um, we're unable to go now, unfortunately. So I know we went last season, and 
I think at first um, it were quite put off based off previous experiences at Wrexham because we don't particularly have a good record there. Yeah. Um, also, my great uncle can remember going to Wrexham actually when we were behind the goal, but I do believe it's where the new stand's going to be built. Um, I remember he, him saying that he, he went there when it was obviously the old traditional Halifax town before, um, obviously went into administration and liquidation, etc. Um, and I know he, he's, you know, he he even says back then we didn't have a very good record um, against Wrexham at all. And I've been on two occasions. We conceded once late on. Uh, Wrexham were down to 10 men. They hadn't won a game that season. It was Pete Wilde's first season, in fact. And uh, Wrexham scored late on. And I remember Bootlegger doing a vlog for that game. <laughs> and, and, I, and I thought, and I, oh, it was horrible. Um, and they were singing, uh, Wrexham fans were singing like Bye Bye Shame and then stuff for uh, him. Because obviously they know our nickname, etc. And I know the last time we went, we just got humiliated and absolutely battered and probably brought, brought back down to earth as where we were. And this season, we're not, I'm going to be honest, we're not a shadow of the side we were last season. So I hate to think what the score could potentially be on Tuesday. Okay, well, sadly, you can't stream the game, much as we've tried to uh, help you out there. Uh, but uh, yeah, we're still waiting for official confirmation from the National League, aren't we, about what's going to happen with the streaming. Despite what they say, I bet you it's not this season. Uh, I just don't believe that they'll be able to get their act together. Um, so I guess, yeah, Halifax season's not what you would have wanted, I guess, in terms of, like, if I asked you how it's gone so far, is it like... It's been a disaster. Um, I think it's hard. I think it's hard to say a disaster. It was at one point. Don't get me wrong. Um, even now, it's quite hard to really think where we're going from here now. Obviously, just starting the season wasn't a great start against Barnet. Um, obviously, Barnet had a quite a good start to the season. They've drifted off, tailed off a little bit, haven't they? Now they're more in the mid-table sort of zone. Could could potentially be drawn into that sort of relegation battle. But I know we, we got battered. Well, not battered, I wouldn't say, but we, we comfortably, Barnett comfortably defeated us. And then Torquay at home, we were so unfortunate. We just couldn't finish, to be honest. And from that, a draw against South End and then a defeat to Wheelstone, who were flying. And just went from bad to worse, to be honest. And obviously, we picked up that first win um, at Scunthorpe away. And we thought that could have been a turning point, especially after that drawing against Maidenhead the following Saturday and then, um, defeating Gateshead at home. And from that, we thought, right now, it's a turning corner. We seem to be actually playing some decent football here. You know, Disa Uwe got a, got a goal. Obviously, Wrexham fans will be well aware of him, of what he did last season against uh, the Dragons. So I think after that, it was sort of a backward step, like one step forward, two steps back, because we got absolutely humiliated by Aldershot. And it's quite a, a sad sight to see you know we looked at that side compared to the previous season people had traveled down when it was on tv and i know a fan that game that actually hired a car just to get because his car was in service hired a car just to get down to aldershot when it was actually on tv so God. that's that's the, what he actually did just to get to that game him and his son to see a performance like that he wasn't happy at all i don't believe he's been to an away game since and then obviously a few losses on the bounce and then getting that win at home. Um, I believe it was against York, in fact. We thought, right, York, they were very good sides. Probably it's a strong win that at home. We held out, we're probably the better side for the majority of the game. But then we go and drop points very late on to Maidstone away from home. 
Um, you know, we, we're conceding it like the 89th minute. And that, for me, you look at Maidstone, you look at how they're playing at the moment, it's not a good point at the end of the day. Their games, if we're wanting to climb that table, we need to be beating sides like Maidstone away from home. No disrespect to them whatsoever, but they're struggling. And they're a side for me that I think will definitely be relegated from the National League. So, yeah, it's, it's just not going too great at the moment. But at the end of the day, unbeaten against Maidstone, we're winning the FA Cup, absolutely away now. We drew, not as fortunate as what Wrexham were, I don't know. Now Chester are knocked out. But, um, yeah, it's just not it's not just not going as, as well, I think, as I thought. But at the end of the day, we're unbeaten in three games, including the FA Cup. And coming up on Saturday, Dagenham at home, we, we haven't actually lost to Dagenham since Dagenham were relegated from um, the Football League and then obviously Wrexham away on Tuesday night, which for me, just just a, just a game. We don't have any pressure on us at, at all. You know, you look at the statistics, Wrexham at home, especially on Tuesday nights. How, how many days is it now? You probably won't know exact, but it's a, it's a large number of games, isn't it, isn't it since uh, Wrexham were last defeated on a Tuesday night? Yeah, we love it under the lights on a Tuesday night. It's, it's when we're on the telly that we don't really like it, isn't it? Would you say, Alex? Yeah, yeah, pretty much. Tuesday nights, like you say, I think we must be on a hell of a run now in terms of unbeaten matches. Um, and no offence to you, Luke, I think that'll continue. Yeah. Um, you know, match against Halifax and Maidenhead the week after as well. Mm-hmm. I think that's... Uh, Two games we have to be winning. But the great thing about the National League is you do never know what's going to happen. And like Luke says, Halifax on a semi-decent run now. So perhaps some confidence behind them. And they'll probably come to the race course. And like Luke says, and think we've got nothing to lose here. If we do get smashed 5-0, then no one's going to laugh at us. No one's going to think, oh, that was a bad performance or bad result. Is expected, so it's almost like a free hit. And we've seen teams like Barnet, Dover, um, Dover, Gateshead, those are the games we've struggled in. Blythe, yeah, Blythe as well. Teams perhaps play with some freedom and obviously raise their game because they're playing in front of 10,000 fans. So who knows what will happen? Who knows? Okay, so because it's the first time we played you this season, uh, Luke, just give us a very brief summary of your sort of transfer activity. Um, sort of what went on in the summer or recently, I guess. I keep saying summer because we we are historically used to windows and obviously this season is the first time we don't have to think about that. So we're yeah. still in window mode. But yeah, give us a, you know, some of the chop, a little bit of the chopping and changing that might have happened since, um, I don't expect you to, to go through them all, but perhaps, you know, some of the big ones yeah. since we played you last. Um, some of these plays may um, haunt you, in fact. Uh, not just Diasarue, who's come, obviously, signed for us, but also a, a bit of a stockport trio has come into the side. Uh, Sam Minihan, Jordan Keane, another player called uh, Millie Alley, who didn't really break in, Stott as well. Um, a lot of stockport players that were quite liked at stockport, you know, really likeable, but, you know, you look at what stockport are doing now, they're quite similar to Rexham with the investment, etc., and the way they're going. So players like Sam Minihan, you know, wanted game time. And we thought with the players like Sam Minihan, Jordan King, they were probably the best replacements possible to the likes of Kieran Green and Billy Waters, uh, Tyrell Warren, who left. Uh, Rex and fans will remember Tyrell Warren because of what he did. We had some stick uh, with him last year. Him. Yeah. We were linked yeah. with him, actually, bizarrely, before we got Ford. Yeah, he's, he's a good, he's a really, he was a really good player, um, Tyrell. And obviously, like you all know, our squad was ripped to shreds. And this is the thing, you, you look at Wrexham and, Although they lost the playoff final, 
was it too much, not playoff final, sorry, semi-finals, I should say, but although they lost the semi-final, was it too much of a heartbreak? Because you, know, you look at them now, you just go out and buy an Elliot Lee and a few defenders and you're a lot stronger. And, you know, this season, you feel like this will be the season you get from up there. Our squad's been ripped to shreds. We've lost our manager. The replacements were strong, I thought. But like I say, when you've got such a turnover, a massive, significant rebuild... It takes time, and we've sort of seen so far it's, it's not gone down well, has it? And to be honest, the stronger players this season for me have been players that have actually stayed with us from last season. Right. So who's going to be our problem players? Who, who Who's going to potentially uh, upset us on uh, on Tuesday? No, you've, you've probably never heard of him, and probably in the National League no one's ever heard of him, but we signed a player called Angelo Capello, um, from Sheffield United, uh, I think he was he was actually at Live Spartan um, last season. He did quite well there, and he's a player for me. He hasn't particularly. I don't think we've seen the best of him yet, but when he's featured, he's looked very very promising. Against Gates, and he came on the field and totally just turned that game. He makes the whole team work. He's, he's a he's a silky little player, a small player on the wing, and I think he'll cause he will cause Wrexham problems if he does play. Also a player that I like is Luke Summerfield's former Wrexham player in yeah. fact. And I think, you know, when we lost Kieran Green, for me, um, it was so significant. And it was either last season, it was all Summerfield or Green. If we didn't have either of them in, we'd always struggle in the midfield. That's probably why we struggled against you away from home, because we didn't have either of them box-to-box midfielders in. Well, if he does play against Wrexham, he could be a player that sort of controls the midfield and battles with your midfield, which is very strong. He's another player as well, and probably Deesaru away from set pieces. I'm sure he'll he might be a danger man for you as well. Yeah, what's his? How tall is he? Is he six six ish? Something like that, six six. Yeah, I think so. It's one of those exceptionally tall ones, yeah. isn't he? That's a, a nuisance. Um, yeah. And given the fact that at the moment our defence has gone leaky for a few games, that's uh, not really what we not really what we want, Alex. <laughs> Am I right in thinking Deesaru scored one of the goal, one of many goals for Grimsby in the playoff semi final against us last season? The same one. The ghost is back to us. The ghost is back. <laughs> yeah, some, uh, Luke, Luke Summerfield was, was really good under Sam Ricketts uh, for us. He was exceptional. His set pieces were really good. He had, he had really good engine, but he like you say, box to box, and could score a 20-yarder. You know, he'd score five or six a season, um, and he was just really useful. Um, so I was, I, it's one of them that you're a little bit surprised when he, when he, when he, you know, he, he doesn't renew and he, and he, and he goes. Um, but I guess at the time they were probably weighing it up with Luke Young and, you know, and others and just for whatever reason, I don't know whether he wanted to go closer to home or what, but yeah, we know him well. And, and, and these old players tend to come back to haunt us all the time. Unfortunately, it's like, it's... yeah, I know we got, we had Jeff King coming back to haunt us last season right. uh, as well. We thought Jake Hyde would. Um, against us last season as well. Obviously, he left to join yeah. to go to plan, did it? No, it was it was the it was the last one fond up against Oldham for us. I think who uh, who did the did the goods as well last night for us as well against Chester. Mm-hmm. But uh, I think he was the last one. Um, okay, so from a, from a, a flip it round then. So who are the players that you think will cause Halifax problems? I mean, you don't necessarily. We none of us know who's going to start the game, but you know we know the squads, don't we? We pretty much know. What's what's you know? Well, I feel like uh, Paul Mullins going to haunt us again. Um, oh, that 86 season, minute, there was limbs, mate. It was brilliant. 
I still have nightmares from that home game. You know, I was on top as soon as we scored. I had my mate with me, brought me along. It we were like one top of the world. We thought, oh, we were like, oh my god, we're actually beating this. You know, this this Wrexham side that's had this you know infrastructure of cash brought into the club, and it was like we're on top of the world. And then obviously getting that equaliser, and then Paul Mullin scoring late on as well. It, it it did give me it still gives me nightmares to this day that and obviously going away I was one of the two hundred and twenty or so who went to Wrexham last season in the Halli, in the Halifax end um, who who obviously saw us get absolutely destroyed on te- television um, by Paul Mullin and Nolly Palmer as well we seem to be very I shouldn't be saying this but very vulnerable from set pieces too. Which which also is something that Wrexham like to exploit with the likes of Paul Mullin, Ollie Palmer, and even players like Jordan Davis. You know, I've seen him in the playoffs before, score from corners, etc., and free kicks as well. Very vulnerable form, and yeah, we just seem very open as well defensively. And I don't, I don't know. I know we said um, the other week as soon as a, a good quality side like a Wrexham come to the Shea or we go there, we are going to get turned over if we can't you know, pull it back together because we will. The way that Wrexham play doesn't suit us this season, the way we play. Wrexham like to pump it in the box, dominate the midfield, dominate the play, which is something that we've actually done this season, but away at the race course, will we adjust to not having all the ball, which we were not we're not gonna will we adjust to the crowd, etc. You know, ten thousand people or whatever being at the race course, will we adjust to that? Because it's a new side and we're so vulnerable from set pieces too. I'm gonna be honest, I just can't see it being too good from our perspective. Okay, don't give me your score prediction and stuff yet. Hold that thought. Um, so away support then. So obviously you're not coming. What what can we expect? Should, would there be a, a couple hundred people? What what do you think? You know, how many um, do you think? What would be your best guess at how many will come? I always wished that Wrexham was on a Saturday because we could take a load, you know, there. Even probably how we're doing now, we'd probably still take a a good 700 or so to Wrexham on a Saturday, um, last season probably a few more, but obviously last season we only took about 220 or so, it was on television Tuesday night and, and obviously we were doing well, but this season obviously we're not doing well, but it's not on BT Sport, it's still a Tuesday night. At the moment we've sold about 220 tickets, which is probably what we actually took last season, which I think is fairly decent when you consider our home crowds of course and how we're playing at the moment you know even when against Maidstone it's not really a particularly good result there's not to cheer about so I think it's good to be taking those sort of numbers you know to Wrexham depending on how we're doing at the moment I'd probably say 250-300 it probably should be more but yeah just the way we're playing I just can't see us taking too many to be honest to be fair to Blythe last night, they had 230-odd, um, yeah. which surprised me, given the distance, etc. And also, their supporters' bus with about 50 on broke down. Yeah, I it? saw so that. John yeah. the Toaster never made it, sadly. Um, but, uh, yeah, I thought that was a really good showing from a side, you know, it, yeah. even though it was... You know, like you say, on a Saturday, you'd have probably expected it, but on a Tuesday night, that, that was a really good, really good effort. Um <laughs> It does annoy me that Wrexham's never on a Saturday because we have family that actually live in Wrexham, uh, not Wrexham, sorry, they live in actually Real, which is Kimmel Bay, which isn't actually too far from Wrexham. It's on the coast, isn't it? So it'd be great if we did have them on, you know, a Saturday, um, you know, because we'd be able to take quite a lot. You know, we are a club that can have been able to take probably 
a thousand to a side like Wrexham before, well, we'd be able to, if of course we were doing okay, we took a thousand to Stockport last season. But you, and, that, and that's why you'd probably like it on a Saturday. And it never does seem to be a, on a Saturday, Wrexham, for some reason. Halifax Wrexham's always a Tuesday night. And I, I don't really understand it, to be honest. Like, when I've gone to Wrexham in the past, we've never had time to speak to any Wrexham fans before the game, etc. We've always had to just get straight in the ground because it's a Tuesday night match. And, yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's that'd be the Vanarama supercomputer that uh, calculates the fixtures. Yeah. <laughs> Should we call it Kev, Kevin, the supercomputer, uh, is what I'm going to call it. Um, so, uh, starting lineup, why? What are you thinking? Who's, who's uh, you know, have you got any suspensions from the weekend or anything? What's going on? Who's, what would be your starting lineup? He and Spence gets booked on Saturday. He, he's another player I should mention in the midfield from last season, really promising youngster. We're very lucky to still have him at the club. But if he does get booked on Saturday, he will be out. So I'm hoping he doesn't against Dagenham. Um, starting lineup, it's quite hard to say because obviously we've still got a game to play. Yeah. I guarantee our goalkeeper starts, Sam Johnson, um, unless he gets injured, uh, God forbid. But um, defensively, I'd like to think Deborah, he's a really, really good player. He was linked with Huddersfield in the summer. I think that fell through, to be honest, because obviously he's, he's not out of contract. So I think the club wanted to keep him in. Huddersfield wouldn't pay the you know the, the money that we obviously wanted and we felt that he was worth, which he was. But obviously Deborah, um he's ta- he's another player that seems to be have been quite poor in recent weeks. But Deborah probably I like to think probably um probably go with Clark. Um, I think he might be back on Saturday. Um Tom Clark, he's been in the Championship League one before. He's another player that we thought that's a marquee signing for us in the summer. And, He's only played a couple of games, but he's looked very shaky. He's very old as well, very slow. Um, yeah, so I, I, but I'd like to think that he'd start and hopefully he can do slightly better than what we've seen of him so far this season, but he's actually been injured. Um, the wing-back, senior, he'll probably play. Um, and then right-back, probably. I'd probably like to see Sam Minihan, who's obviously at Stockport, but at the moment we seem to play, be playing a player called Tyler Golden, who was at Salford last season. Um, and to be fair, when he has played, we haven't particularly lost. So I don't feel I, I understand why he keeps playing him. But the midfield, Keane's been injured at the moment. Um, he's, a, he's a player I've been quite disappointed with so far. I really wanted him to do well, but he's been quite disappointing. And then midfield, well, I'd like to think Summerfield because we need him. And also, I'd like to think Spence. Warburton, um, he's a player Exxon fans will know very well. He's been he's out in and out of injuries at the moment. Um, when he has played, it's he's, he's seemed unfit. So he needs a few games. So you won't probably see the best of him if he does get in the side. But I doubt that he'll play. Um, so I'm going as a four three three this. Um, and then up front, I'd probably have Desaruwe over Harker because um, I think he, I think he'd be slightly stronger in this sort of match. Like I've said, mentioned Capello. I'd love to see him in the starting lineup. He's a player that's quite questionable though. And then on the other side. Probably, I'd like to see Jordan Slewem. He actually scored against uh, Wrexham at the home fixture last season. I think he he probably deserves a start, to be honest. So, I mean, it's it's I mean it's it's tough because obviously you're guessing, and we have we've got a game to yeah. go before then, so you never know what's what's going to happen. Um, but realistically, score prediction wise, what what's your, what's your gut feeling tell you? Um, I'll let, give you a second to think about it 
and and I'm gonna I'm gonna pick on uh, Michael and Alex first to get their predictions because uh, Alex's goes towards our little competition that we've got going on anyway. Um, but go on, Mister Starkey, what's your what's your prediction um, for the game on Tuesday against uh, Halifax? Yeah, just with everything Luke said and and the way they've struggled so far, you know, to uh, to open the season. Um, and again, the fact that we are playing at the race course, our, our home form is infinitely better for one reason or another currently than our away form. Um, so I'm going to go 2 1 on uh, on Tuesday night to Wrexham. Right. Mr. Carter, Ooh, the race course under the lights, not on TV, Halifax struggling, Wrexham free flowing at home. I'm gonna go Did you go through. last night? <laughs> uh, that wasn't free flowing. <laughs> I didn't go. It, uh, you watched it though, did you? Magically appeared on my TV. Oh. Quite lucky. Um, <laughs> but prediction, sorry, Luke, I'm gonna go five one Wrexham. Right. I mean, I, I'm I'm actually writing this down as well. When people can hear what you've just said, you do know that, don't you, Alex? I'll stand by it. I think we'll win comfortably. <laughs> well, I put 3-1 down. Um, last season. I'm just a bit more realistic, I think, than uh, than Alex. Uh, I say, Alex is more realistic, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> Come on then, Luke, give us your... I mean, it's awkward, because if, especially if you think you're going to lose, it's it's uh, if you've got that feeling. Uh, have you got any confidence at all, or do you think it is, you know... Just does your head just go? No, they're probably we are probably going to lose this one, but you're not bothered because it's it's a free hit. Um, I remember last season going to Wrexham. It, I was I was always I was really confident to be honest. I really wanted to go. I basically begged my dad because I thought, look, take over everything. I'd love to actually go in the away end at Wrexham, etc. Um, and I was quite confident, mm. and that backfired. So I'm hoping because I'm not confident, <laughs> it'll be the opposite this time. Um. Thing is, what what when I look at Wrexham, they're leaking goals, and I think you even look at the, the strength defensively, they still leak a lot of goals. They have done, you know, in the past two seasons. To be when you look at the caliber of the defensive line, they should be a lot better defensively. I don't know if it's the way you play, mm-hmm. but um, I'm going to do two. My head says, my head says three nil Wrexham. And my heart says nil nil. So you take a draw. Well, actually, no. We'll, we'll change it. We'll change it. One nil. I think. We'll, I think we could. Mm, I don't know. I can't. I, can, I can't see he's not conceding there. I was going to say you won't stop us scoring. The question is whether you can outscore us. I think at the moment. Man, it had a fair good go at it. That's but, what I mean. Yeah. Yeah. It's I don't think we're actually good. We're not. We're probably better defensively when we win. We, every time we've won a game, we've kept a clean sheet. Um, and ever, so. That's probably where where my heart's probably going at the moment. But like I've said, head wise, three nil to be honest. Probably <laughs> not. I'm I'm going to be honest. I just not. I know I'm being very negative towards Halifax, but I just look at the way Repton play and I've seen him before. And the way Halifax play, I just don't think it's going to suit us. And yeah, I, I just don't think. I, I know I'm underestimating Millington a lot here, our manager. I just don't think he'll be able to cope with it to be honest. And we always do seem to crumble in these sort of games. Okay, no, that's fair comment. Right, I'm going to give you a chance now to uh, to plug the podcast. Oh, so, <laughs> tell us what's going. Tell us what's the latest. So, who did you have on last week? Uh, um, last week 
it was the FA Cup, so I just had, had like some unfair game on. Um, I was talking about like the differences between you know cl- clubs financially and how the Premier League should support them a lot more. Spoke to a Torquay fan on their troubles. I think we're doing bad, but look at Torquay at the moment. Although yeah. they have just got Derby in the FA Cup, so lucky for some, I suppose. Um, and then I also spoke to. Well, so I actually spoke to St. Ives' manager um, last week, but from now on, uh, the podcast is going to be a little bit different. Um, what we're going to start doing is just a preview show every Thursday and do a few predictions, looking at all the games coming up, the full fixture list, etc. looking at each game, the danger men, both sides, etc. And then um, over, we'll have like additional podcasts where we're focusing on specific teams, you know, maybe stuff like team of the uh, National League team of the season, etc. stuff like that be like a separate podcast from now on that will probably won't be streamed live but yeah throughout the season we'll be covering it it always seems to be fun I know it was last season when it gets to the back end of the season and when you're doing like playoff um, for you will win the National League and it's also a good opportunity to bring on some of the BT pundits as well who I have already spoken to this season yeah, I listen. I, I well, I watched that one. That was uh, I for, oh, what's the, I've forgotten his name now. Adam Summerton. Adam Summerton, yeah, yeah. who uh, does the majority of BT's work, doesn't he? Um, I had um, I spoke to Alan McLean last season. That's quite yes. an interesting one as well. Uh, remember doing that, and it was I think it was just before the final day of the season. So, Wrexham fans do want to cast their minds back to that and what we watched that. That seems to be probably the, the reason why I've started doing it National League based from now on rather than Halifax because of that interview. If you would like to go and see that, um, yeah, um, you can go back there on the YouTube at VNL, Luke Walsh VNL podcast. And it's the same on uh, Twitter? Yeah, um, yeah, it'll be the same. Yeah, something like that on Twitter, yeah. You'll find me anyway on there. Yeah, just 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 look for just look for Luke, and uh, I think you're, you're the only person that comes up because there's no other famous yeah. Lukes in the world. <laughs> no, there isn't. <laughs> um, right, listen, I we, there we've been half an hour. That's good chat. That's good for me. I really appreciate you coming on, Luke. I look forward to speaking to you soon. You can go and chill out now and watch. I don't know United Tottenham or something. I don't know what's on. Yeah, so, so, something like that at the moment. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Whatever's on, it's that time of year. Stuff start coming on. Watched all the Rex. Well, I haven't watched the final one, but watched all the, the documentary. Yeah, I haven't watched the final one, but um, last one's to... last one's really good, and Mr. Carter yeah. is on it. Very only for one yeah. second or something. Got twenty five quid for that. He tells me. Yeah, I find that really interesting. Just quickly adding the fact that there's people like Wayne. Obviously, I've not met him in person, but you know, I've known him and on Twitter and Rex and fans, etc. I've seen. Rob Brian Red, I think another Wrexham podcast, you know, mentioned on there and stuff. And it's really interesting when you see, you know, people that, you know, I know through social media on there. And, you know, yeah, it's really enjoyable. Same with Michael as well, um, who wrote the song as well. I actually interviewed him as well a couple of weeks ago. And, yeah, it's really interesting seeing people like that on there. And, yeah, stuff stuff like bizarre, that. Bizarre, mate. It's it's bizarre yeah. for us because obviously it's exactly. I you know we're 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 just average you know average Joes and like I I've seen myself on it a few times and in the last episode uh, in the Wembley episode was the last one in the Green yeah. Man, um you know me and my lad and my other half there. It's just bizarre seeing yourself in it. So uh, yeah. hey, listen, as I said, it could be anybody. This could be you next. It could be anybody. You know, it's uh, it, yeah. we never dreamt of this, did we, Alex? Never Probably dreamt more, of it. Yeah. Probably more chance of it being Boreham Wood, to be honest, knowing our <laughs> Listen, Boreham Wood have got some problems. Uh, 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 they've got some problems coming, I think. Um, 
uh, once the uh, the documentary comes out um, about how the money was distributed from yeah. the COVID, I think they've got some problems coming. So uh, you know, don't don't write that off yet.
be back in the football league.